Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, full-time psychology student, mama four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Ashley. Ashley is an army wife, mom of three, and a woman on a mission to empower families with emotional and physical health through natural remedies. Ashley is the co-founder of Military and Emotions, where she gets raw and real to talk about taboo topics of the many emotions and trials that military families go through. I love taboo topics. They make <laughs> me happy. I offend me people too. on a regular basis. That's good. I was just, uh, right before I hopped on here, I was recording a Friday episode and I was like, yeah, apparently I offended people with my political rant on one of the episodes. Well, we, we can just agree to disagree on politics. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Ashley, I'd love to have you Take us a little bit back. When you applied, you talked about transitions. And of course, as a military family, for all those military families out there, we go through a lot of transitions. I'm getting ready to go through one right now. Uh, <laughs> so tell us where, what was the first transition you can remember having to go through, whether military or not military related? Yeah. Well, I'm actually one of the few that is from Fort Hood, and that's my home. <laughs> um, my grandfather was was military, and my family kind of dabbled in it. A lot of my aunt or a lot of my uncles did their four years. They got out. We all kind of stayed in the Central Texas area. So I grew up with a love of the military, but without a trip, like, true understanding of military. So my first transition was deciding to marry a military man. Yes. In that area, <laughs> you kind of grow up saying, I don't want to be a part of the military. I'm not mm -hmm. marrying a soldier. Husband and I went to high school together and guess what guys, I ended up marrying a soldier. And that was a huge mental block for me in the beginning. And so that would be my first that I think I had to understand. Well, and with that, how to become a member of the military community. And I think that's one of the first things that's so intimidating. We have FRG meetings, we have all these different resources on post, but if you've never been on post to come on to this place where you have to pass an ID, an ID card, um, and ask for permission in a sense to come in. Um, it's, it's almost daunting. All the buildings look the same. Everything's the same. You know, all the uniforms are the same. The guys look different that you've met. And to finally sit there and understand what does this mean? What does my role mean as a military spouse? What's the etiquette there? What can you say? What can you not say? Because yeah. let's be honest, you're a reflection of your spouse to some degree. And um, so it almost got to a place where you kind of lose your voice in the beginning or you get very outspoken and you learn that that's not always okay. You can't mm -hmm. rant off whatever you want <laughs> to 
the general of three core or whatever it is at that time. But, and so that was my first transition and looking back on it. And I actually love it now because, um, Maria Reed had started a guys and I'm going to butcher that name, a new app and Facebook group for new military spouses. And it's genius to help with that transition because so many times what I find, especially on these military pages, everyone's going through it. Everyone goes through it. Um, and so what instead we do is we sit in our homes and we don't go meet anyone. Um, and then we're unhappy. And now we wonder why divorce rates are so high, especially with our younger soldiers. And but wives don't have community. They don't have a way to adjust to that new transition of this new life that some of them didn't pick. You know, I know some husbands that ran off and joined the army <laughs> and didn't, they just, that's what they wanted. Um, you don't pick who you fall in love with. So that's not always the case of you knew what you were getting in for. So long story short, I would say my very first transition was trying to just transition to being a military spouse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a culture shock for sure. <laughs> you know, I hate it when people are like, you know, you knew what you're getting in for. Cause actually my husband was very transparent. We, he'd been in for seven years at that point in time. So he'd already been through a few deployments and he knew what I could expect. And he, he broke it down for me. He did not hold back any punches. So despite that, you still don't know what you're in for no. until you experience it. That experience is like, whoa, what is this? What is this lifestyle? Like, what is this? It is like a culture and it is a culture shock because I grew up um, only an hour from Fort Drum. So I was like, okay. no, I'm not marrying a military man. No, nope, yeah. not going <laughs> to happen. And of course I did. Uh, like, like most other people who say they're not going to, we end up usually doing it. And I've been married eight years and it took me years to adjust to being a military spouse. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I didn't know what to expect. And my husband just got, um, a rank advancement, which puts him in charge of people now, which is another culture that I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I've never had like an appropriate mentor, like somebody that yeah. has done what he does, like the, their spouse and to know what I'm supposed to do because they all sucked at it. So I'm like, yep. I, don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I guess I can just go off of what I wish other people in my position now would do. And it's weird because even though we have that transition into being a military spouse. It doesn't end when you, when you get used to being a military spouse. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about your military transitions and the things you've been through. We have a lot of people listening that are military affiliated and they're probably thinking like, what are you talking about? Don't you guys, yeah. aren't you guys like just in it and like, oh yeah, let's get it done. We're yeah. so proud and so, <laughs> so invested and you know, not all of us are like, oh, I love this life. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a roller coaster. There are days when you're blessed with the best new neighbor and that neighbor becomes your best friend, right? Um, 
you have days where then we move. So uh, my background is skincare. And so because Fort Hood was home, I lived in this bubble and naive bubble of we're not leaving. We're yeah. not leaving. That's we can stay here. <laughs> <laughs> and so what did we do? We opened up um, a storefront and my mom was my business partner. So it worked out kind of nice and all turned out great. But what happened? My husband got orders and we had to move. And so my transition into actually being a military spouse didn't happen until my husband and I truly were married already for four years, been through a deployment, all of that. Because then that's when I got to understand what all these wives finally felt, you know, and they didn't have someone to turn to. And I, I never really had to go on post too much, you know, yeah. So we went to Fort Benning, Georgia. Culture shock in itself with all the bugs, guys. If you've <laughs> ever been, it's just, it, it has a place in my heart forever now, but um, definitely different than my central Texas. And well, now I was someone who had to make the sacrifices with the army. So the resentment came in, the scared of wives let's be honest, you see on these pages and it's not, you know, and I've overcome on the years to decide that it's not always a military spouse thing. It's a woman thing. We don't yeah. lift each other up. We are not about embracing our emotions and understanding that I'm acting this way, not because that woman is mean, but because I have an insecurity myself or whatever that might be. And so what did I do? I stayed in my house for my first year. For my first year, everything I just said we all should not do. And it took a toll on my mental health, on myself. I felt lost, truly lost. And so I had this pesky neighbor who just kept coming over, right? With a little ball of sunshine, not a pesk at all ball of sunshine would come over and Ashley, let's go get coffee. Ashley, let's go do this. And little does she know how much that helped. Right. Um, and just had a phenomenal, ended up being surrounded by phenomenal, phenomenal people and women. And, um, it was, it was a, a beauty in disguise. Let's put it that way. Um, because Everything that I feared ended up being okay. And so then my children were young. We transitioned now here to Colorado. And my children, of course, are older. We have three kiddos and I've got a middle schooler. I've got elementary now. And then we have the baby. And now we've dealt with the transition of my kids' understanding, mm. right? And so what the whole, what are we doing now? Eight years. Over the course of the last eight years, what I've realized is the emotional roller coaster, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, maybe your husband's done the same, even of that. Um, I love the, I love the military. I want out of the military. And I even let's take, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting out. I'm not reenlisting. Mm -hmm. I, I'm staying. And, but that, let's take army out of that. Let's look at career, right? Mm -hmm. I love my job. I hate my job. Right. I love the people I work with. I hate the people I work with. And, and 
now dad's gone and now it's mom and well, what can I get away with? Um, Oh my gosh. Mine too. (laughs) Yeah. We, oh, it is just, it is one of those things where you are constantly having to adjust. Right. And not something I think, um, that I ever would have understood. Maybe my children will transition to be able to adjust more. You know, that's one high hope you always have um, is that when having to adjust more as a child, you can adjust easily as an adult. But what, um, what does that mean? You know, what does that mean for everyone um, in the army and military community, I should say? course my world is army but now we're next to an air force base and it is so nice to see even new uniforms (laughs) but what does that mean how do we help that these children these wives in those transitions to make those easier you know we talk about all the problems in the world today um, that we're trying to adjust and make a little bit easier and I think that's kind of in the forefront of my home my home's mind right what are these? How do you become that military spouse that in a leadership role? Mm. Um, Megan, we came and I'm the old wife now. I know I'm the old one too. I'm only 33, but in military spouse world, that's freaking old. Like Um, we're ancient. Yeah. Cause like (laughs) if people think about it, most guys, the most they might be in is 20 years. I mean, some people get out earlier than that. So you think as a wife, you might be like, 40 at most. Yeah. Um, so in military spouse world, we're old. Like we are. <laughs> I we probably just had our 50th birthday in the army world. Yeah. <laughs> it it's um yeah, it's very different. I I came out to meet wives, right? And they're they're young. Mm-hmm. I had one that couldn't drink yet, and I was just like, whoa. I'm kind of old. We're getting one like that too. My, my uh, husband said, Hey, I'm getting a new guy into my division and he's married. And he's like, he's only like 22. He joined the military a little bit later and he's like, he's only 22 and he's married. I'm like, what the hell? Like, yeah. <laughs> I have a kid. It was like 16. Like, <laughs> I know. She's almost, he had to warn one of his guys in his division. He was, he's like 21 and he was like, my youngest or my oldest daughter is 16. When you see her, you don't touch. (laughs) He was like, oh no, that's, that's a huge age difference. He's like, when you see her, you'll think she's like 19. So how much just know ahead of time? (laughs) She's not. (laughs) Not. (laughs) Oh, the joys. Yes. Yes. But I wanted to um, point out something you said. There is a stereotype that military spouses are drama. And it is my theory that it's really not majority. It's just those people are a lot louder than the rest of us. And they like, yes. you know, they're talking, they're the ones yelling and doing the things. And in these groups, they're the ones always posting because the rest of us are like, I'm just going to sit back and watch the shit show go down because I don't want to be part of that. And I, I, that's my theory is majority of us are like just relatively normal, relatively. I mean, you can only be so normal by being a military spouse, Yes, um, but we're both, we're, 
relatively normal. And I like you, when I, I'm from upstate New York, when I moved to Virginia, I was like, what the hell is this? Where, where's all, where's this pollen coming from? Like, why is my car yellow? Like, what are up with these bugs? Why are my allergies flaring up? It's never happened to me. And thankfully now I'm moving up to Connecticut, which is more of like what I'm used to. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is, this is my, this is my, freedom. yeah. So, I mean, being in a leadership position, I, I, I'm not there yet. Like I'm not there in Connecticut yet. Yeah. So I don't know what that's going to mean for me, but I'm already thinking about that. Like what kind of leader spouse do I want to be? I mean, I'm not going to be like the head of an FRG or anything. I already did that. I already did my time, but yeah. I, for anybody listening, FRG's family readiness group, it's a, it's a group to support the families attached to a command. So anybody who didn't know what FRG meant and I already did my time there, but now I have to be like a leader of sorts to like mentor my husband's, I call them minions, his, their <laughs> spouses, right? Yes. Um, usually on submarines uh, for at least his submarine, there's only males on, on his submarine. So typically they're female spouses. I will, I will find it fun if I could just get a male spouse. Um, yeah. but I'm not sure if that will happen, but it would be fun. Uh, but like, how do I want to mentor these women? What kind of, um, leadership spouse do I want to be to them when we're on deployments and underways and, um, underways are when they go out to sea just for a little bit, like a couple weeks or a couple months at a time. Um, okay. and so what kind of spouse do I want to be? How do I want to support them? You know, do I want to say like my door is open, you're welcome for coffee or do I want to keep them at arm's length? And I have to think about what, what did I need when I was younger? And yeah. you know, I was a brand new spouse. And even though we, I, he was already in a while when I married him, like, how do, how did I need to be supported? And I wasn't right. Like, what did I need? And so I think I've decided to be like the mother hen. <laughs> I could have used a mother hen. It just someone to give me my resources, tell me my expectations. I felt like that was something that was a necessary tool. I needed to understand what would have been expected of me. Mm -hmm. Um, it kind of even comes as that culture shock when it is like, oh, hey, so your husband's at a certain rank now. So you need to be a part of our FRG. Yeah. You need to be at our hail and farewells. You need to be. And it's like, well, what do you mean? I'm not the service member. I don't need right. to be anywhere. Of course, you want to be there to support your spouse, but it's expected uh, of you. It is expected. And so you sit there and you're like, well, okay, so how do I what is that expectation? Um, and you know, I think for people to have a mother hen, you'd probably have an amazing community. What I found, um, is same thing. We unfortunately didn't come into, um, a spouse's world here in our new installation. That's very welcoming, I guess I would mm, say. Yeah. Um, and so, instantly we're on a deployment right now. I said the same thing. You know, I started meeting all these young wives and I was, I became, I became old. Let's let, when I realized <laughs> I was old, I was like, I, I think I was actually sitting there thinking like, Oh my gosh, these could be my young cousins. These could be, you know, this was me. And like, you almost just want to embrace them because they don't know what's coming. And so it's like, okay, well, but they don't know this and, and you want to share and you want to mother them, um, which of course, you know, 
makes for a different type of relationship, which is fine, but um, it is needed. So I think mother hen is needed, especially the younger they are, to help with that transition. Yeah. And to especially embrace going in um, with children, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, military, and I'm going to say, well, this month is the month of uh, the military child. Yep. And so when we're recording and that is something so real and we don't talk about emotions. And when I talk about the taboo topics, it is that, I mean, mm-hmm. it's sometimes being that motherly figure with these wives that don't know what's out there, but don't know that it's okay to go on that same roller coaster and hate the military yeah, and then love the military. That's just like your spouse does. It's okay to cry and be upset. Side note, I hate it right now. I'm just going to put that out there. (laughs) Yes, girl, me too. After last night and this morning, it is a, a, you know, I hate the military today. (laughs) But you know what? By tonight, I'll probably be back in love with it. (laughs) But it is okay to talk about these things and to, um, to bring light to that darker side. You know, if we talked about it more, I always say, I'm actually the co-founder of Military and Emotions. And what is that? It's us talking about the emotions linked within it through PCS, through every transition you can think of through being that of um, having to go out as a senior spouse um, to embark on the world of being a leader. And what does that mean? Maybe you've never been a leader before and you're terrified, you know, Uh, your children, your spouse, everything they go through, um, the transitions of them coming home and if we just talked about that darker side more, it would be probably 80, 90% better. You know, we would feel not so alone. I think the worst thing to feel is when you move to a new installation and you start meeting all these new people, because let's be real, you start meeting all these wonderful new wives and you still feel alone. You can be in a room filled with people, but you feel alone. You know, no one understands what you're going through because we're just not talking about it. Um, And so I have become the wife that talks about the crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, on our last thing before deployment, I was actually talking about the phenomenal Ashley Gaiman. We had some wives that just had a baby. Did you know about pelvic floor health? Yes, (laughs) she was a guest on the podcast. Yes, I love her. Guys, did you know that it is not... It is not something you have to accept, especially post baby on that. And they're like, are we really talking about this? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. And of course we make fun and we have light with it. But I mean, that's one of those things. I think we all need to be a little bit more open to the taboo topics, which is of course what drew me to your podcast, because we can agree to disagree all day mm-hmm. long but we still can talk about it as adults. We can still see someone else's point of view to maybe understand that next wife, that next mm-hmm. woman. Cause like we said, it's not an army wife thing. It's not a military wife thing. It's sometimes just a woman thing. It's mm-hmm. a human thing. 
we're not taking the time to see someone else's perspective to understand the transition they're going through, to understand they went through something traumatic. Um, and that traumatic thing, it could be anything, you know, but our emotions are such a, such a factor, even in our physical health to understand, you know, when someone comes and they say, Ashley, um, I'll give you my backstory. Um, I had high blood pressure diagnosed at 24 years old. Here's Mm -hmm. your pill and love on it. And this is your best friend for the rest of your life. And when it boiled down to it, it was to an emotion. And when I was able to help that emotion, which was linked from what? The military, the (laughs) military, you know, and that was definitely an, I don't like the military day, but it was, and, but it was, how do I, why do I feel this? And how do I overcome this? And how do I move forward? Because I don't want that pill for the rest of my life. And so, so many aren't understanding that as much as we want to bottle everything up, the more we bottle up and the more we stack into our cart and we just keep trucking it along to every duty station and that cart gets louder and louder like you're a moonshiner, you know, (laughs) smuggling your moonshine across county line. And then what happens? The wheel on that cart starts to break, right? And we say, okay, well, let me put a patch on it and let me do this. And finally that car is just going to break down and everything is going to spill out. And then you're going to sit there and have to finally deal with it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I feel like that is the biggest thing with transitions is we bottle too much up in a transition. We pack it up with our movers Hmm. and we put it off into that box that we're not going to open up. (laughs) Yeah. And it sits in that back closet and now we pack it up and we move it into the next duty station with a couple more extra boxes, you know? So my transitions have been learning lessons. And I think it's why we officially get to call ourselves the senior spouses mm-hmm. because in our world with, think about it, every, every six months, every time your husband's gone, every time you transition, you are so much stronger and braver and understanding to you, you know, what, what I wish I would have known then, right? Mm -hmm. To where exactly a mentorship to be that mother hen. Could you imagine if you would have had yourself mother hen you now back then? Man, it would have been amazing. I would have been like, hang in there, girlfriend. (laughs) You're going to be okay. Yes. You know, you need to get the help that you need for you. But also like understand that it's going to be really freaking hard sometimes. Like you mentioned military kids who are super resilient because this is the only life they've ever known except my teenage daughter who was around beforehand. But my littlest, this is the only life they've ever known. They don't know what it's not, what it's like not to be a military kid, right? Yeah. And so this is what they're used to. And so they build up this resilience from birth basically. <laughs> and you know, they're used to like the, the deployments and you know, being separated from daddy, daddy working really long hours. And now they're gearing up to PCS too. And sometimes I forget that I'm not the only one PCSing. I'm not the only one going through this. And everybody in this house is losing their damn minds because 
we have been gearing up for a PCS for months now. And so we're all ready for like it to just be over with Yes, <laughs> to get it done with. But I think that, you know, if it hadn't been for my friends who were, who were like, you know, listen, this is normal. It's normal for them to give you a spread of household deliveries, five days spread. <laughs> I'm like, how is that possible? How can you not narrow it down to like a couple days? You tell me from the 16th to the 21st, one of those days you're going to deliver my household goods and I won't know until 24 hours ahead of time. Are you nuts? Um, but apparently that's normal. But if I didn't have those people in my lives who I could talk to and who could guide me and you know, like any moment I'm going to post on Facebook and be like, give me your best PCS tips. I need to know. Yes. Um, but that's because I have that community and I have that support where in the very beginning, I didn't, I didn't know what it was like to have an underway. Like when my, my spouse was gone the first time I was like, what the hell is this? Like, <laughs> I don't have like good communication. So I'm like, I can only talk to him via email and that's not even like every day. It's like once in a great while, I get an email. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> but now being the seasoned spouse, I'm just like, well, this is life. This is normal. Um, and I can guide other younger wives and listen to them and be that mentor and say, yeah, it is really freaking hard. It is really freaking hard, especially when you're worried about your spouse. And in our world, you may not hear from them for months. Like one time I didn't hear from my husband for three months. No email, Man. no phone call, no nothing for three months. And that was super hard. But by the time we got to that point in that, in that deployment, I had a few seasoned spouses who were able to prepare and who were like, we were at FRG meetings and they're like, this is me really hard. If you need somebody to talk to their comms are going to be down for three months. And, and yes, it's awful, but they're okay. No news is good news. And I was just yeah. like, all right. And then, but that's <laughs> something that you need. I was thankful during that deployment for those mentors who were willing to support and be there. But in the very beginning, I didn't have that. And like you said, it, it's nice to have that person who is like, I will hold your hands. I will help you out. I'll be here if you need to talk. It's okay. And I feel like a lot of times on military spouse groups, somebody will post about how they're going through a really hard time and then people start shaming them and rolling their eyes and like, just get prepared. And it's like, yeah. no, they need to know, like, it's okay to have those emotions. Don't bottle it up. I always liken it to having a closet inside your brain. And every time you don't work through that emotion and actually feel it and go through it, you pack it in that closet. And eventually that closet busts open and everything comes spilling out and you, you just don't know what to do then. Cause it's just like this barrage of emotions and we just need to work through it, need to be supported and have people like you and I, Ashley, who are willing to say it, it sucks. I feel yeah. on that. And I'm here. If you need of somebody to cry on, if you need to vent, I am here for you. I agree. I agree. I think the more of us that, feel it. I think there's more of us, like you said, it's always the bad ones. If you want to put a term on it, that rotten speak egg. out, right? The rotten, rotten eggs. Perfect. Uh, that speak out and they're the yellers and the crazier ones. And I think enough is coming around, mm -hmm. um, to where people are starting to want to provide the resources for the spouses. Um, say, speak up to what, they're, that they're there, that this is okay. And the more and more that that happens, 
there's once was a day that my, my son wants to go to West Point. And there once was a day where I was terrified of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I sit there and I'd like to have hope that with all these phenomenal spouses moving forward and becoming more vocal and helping that my future daughter-in-law will have something, you know, Um, my son will have something, you know, to turn to that we, he won't have emotions that even he has to bottle up because Mm -hmm. it is even more taboo for the husband. Yeah. to have, or the spouse, I should say, to have an emotion and to show it, mm-hmm. um, and to struggle. And, um, you know, we just might have those resources in the future. That is my goal. That is my, my hope in the dark tunnel that doesn't have a light at the end quite yet. And I think that one day we will have it. Yeah. Yeah. My spouse is at the point when he took over this new role as a leader, he was like, I know what not to do because I've had some really crappy role models. And he's like, I want to be that person that shares resources and says, Hey, if your spouse is struggling, they can go to fleet and family service and get therapy. Like, or they can use military one source and get 12 free sessions. You know, these things that we didn't know and we had to find out on our own and that we struggled through or nobody told us about the five love languages for military spouses. And we discovered that on our own and and it was a wonderful book for both of us. And these are the kind of things that he and I can share with, you know, his minions and their spouses um, because (laughs) we've learned them and yeah, they don't, in their sea bags, they don't give them this like manual of this is the things that resources that are available. A lot of people have no idea because they were never told about it. Uh, But it's important that those be shared. And so like you said, if, if the guys start sharing or, or women, because there are women at some Mm -hmm. commands, I'm just not used to women being at commands because until recently women on submarines was not a thing and it's never been a thing on any of my spouse's boats, but there might be a time before he gets out of the Navy that it is. And then I'm trying to adjust my lingo to spouses instead of, you know. Yes, me too. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's a difficult transition, especially when you're used to, um, you're used to, male like military members and female spouses but a lot of times I think we forget that there's male spouses too especially since don't ask don't tell was repealed and now people can fully be themselves in the military without worrying about being you know outed or shamed or anything like that and so it's hard it's a difficult adjustment but I'm working on it Uh, (laughs) but you know it is important and I think anybody listening even if they're not in the military world is to mentor those that are going through what you were before right exactly so that they don't feel so alone and because you've learned the lessons you've been there now that doesn't mean you have to be gung-ho and be like super involved in all the things and I need to put that out there because like I've already been asked to do things at my husband's due command and I was like no I don't got time for that like I don't like I am limited I'm a full-time student that is my focus I'm a podcaster I have four children I do not have and I've already done my time um I do not have it but I'll still be the mother hen and the mentor for those that exactly need that so yeah being the understanding woman in a um, grocery store mm-hmm. when a mom has a child that's melting down. Yeah. We all have been there. 
mm-hmm. why we seem to forget that even our kids have bad days blows my mind, right? I've had to lift one up off the floor and carry her out of the store, like kicking and screaming. And one woman was like, you shouldn't treat your child like that. I'm like, don't tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, the, the transitions in life where military might have different, we might move, we might have all these different roles. There's no difference to transitions in life in general. And it's being that person to just, when you sit there and you want to scream because someone is just being terrible, right? I always say the 24 hour rule is everyone's best friend. If we just took that 24 hours to hold our tongue and see how we felt the next day, you know, and think on it. There's so many times I've met someone and I'm just like, that was so offensive what they (laughs) said. Right. Um, but then when I sat back and thought about it, I'm like, well, okay, well maybe they were going through this. Maybe they're, and I don't give everyone a million excuses, but, but when you actually communicate to figure out, well, they didn't mean it that way. And, you know, um, And so just to be the person to give yourself, if there was one thing you could do is be, be a 24 hour person. Mm -hmm. Don't react so suddenly. And and sometimes we have to, we, our emotions get the best of us and we're going to react, but maybe in that 24 hours, reflect, Mm -hmm. personally reflect. What is it that, why did I feel that way? And you know, I will admit, guys, to the world, and I hope my husband never hears this, <laughs> I'm the worst about admitting I am wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The worst. And um, it is hard to sit there and think, oh, my goodness, I just let the emotions get the best of me. And it's not even that person's fault. It's my fault because of whatever issues I might have. And dang it, now I have to go say I'm sorry. You know, or I have to story has been the hardest thing. (sighs) I'm like you, and I'm like, I don't want to admit when I'm wrong, but even saying I'm sorry to my kids is something that I've had to exactly, exactly. You know, um, being high stress, you're about to be under a PCS um, deployment. They come to pack up my stuff (laughs) in less than two weeks. Okay. Oh, okay. So this is great. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you have the the moments of you can slide by with a couple outburst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel like our kids have to be understanding to that. And I right. I always brace my kids like um I'm like okay guys, mom is going to have a rough couple days. Um and so let's plan for some fun afterwards, right? So today we are actually doing that. Rough week we're going to a baseball game at the Air Force Academy. Um, and so during those times, I almost feel like it is that. It's a, we've, I've probably had a little bit shorter temper. I've had all of these different things. And my kids understand, right? This is just a little bit crazier of a week. My mom isn't probably actually mad that I spilt the milk. Right. And luckily we have a little bit older, but to step back and then to say, I'm sorry. Right. And so that's always find something fun, find something that lifts yourself back up. Um, especially with a PCS move, if there's (laughs) anything you get into 
CrossFit, um, anything. If you're an artsy person, I feel like you have to plan that in your first two weeks of being there. To like pull yourself out of that darkness. I'm planning on making (laughs) new friends in the first two weeks I'm there because friends always fill my bucket. Even though I'm introverted, I really like one-on-one or small group, you know, connections. And so I'm like, well, I know a few people there. So I'll be reaching out like, hey, what you doing? Um, And of course, I already already typed it up because I'm totally a type A. It's like my dating profile. And I'm posting (laughs) like, I'm in like two groups, one for my husband's command and one for, you know, spouses of the rank that my husband's at now. And so for that area, and I'm going to yeah. like, anybody feel like it's like a dating profile. Hi, my name's Megan. I am yes. this age. I like cats and wine and, and laughing and I would love to get together, but I need at least a week's in advance because I'm not a last minute <laughs> person. And you know, all these, I was just kind of being like fun having fun with it. And so I'm going to post when I get there and hopefully we'll have people come through and, and I'll make new friends. But like, cause that's the kind of thing, you know, that fills my bucket up. Exactly. And podcasting, even though I'm like burnout at this point in time from like batching all these podcast episodes, but I'll feel better after I move and be like, yes, oh, I have like a month or two off. This is great month, a month off. This is great. And, um, so yeah, you, like you said, it's it, I mean, this is, this has been a long time coming because my husband has been geo batching, um, which for anybody listening who doesn't know what that means, it means he literally has been living in Connecticut for months and we've been living in Virginia and it's been really hard um, to go through that. And now we're like the lights at the end of the tunnel and I'm like, okay, let's just do this. Like get it over with, like pack my stuff. Like I see my yes. new house and it's like large and beautiful. It's the biggest house I've ever lived in. So I'm super excited. And yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm at that point. As you, like you said, I just need to plan something fun that I can enjoy while I'm there. Like check out some of the breweries. They have a lot of them up Ooh, there. I didn't know that. Yeah. Apparently my husband's like, it has like a ton of microbreweries. And then I pulled it up on like, I like Google, not Google maps, the I maps or whatever it is. And I was like, Holy crap, this is great. It's got all these yes. yeah, and wineries and you know, not that I'm an alcoholic, but <laughs> yeah, but you enjoy yourself from time to time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's so wonderful. I love that you said that and you gave that advice about finding something fun, you know, and being, giving yourself some grace that you're going to have, but being willing to apologize because that's really important. So as we wrap up the podcast today, Ashley, the time goes by super quick. Uh, what would you like to leave the inspired women audience with maybe anything we haven't talked about or just, you know, touching on some points that we already have? Sure. Um, if I could have, of course, if with everything else from what we've already talked about is have self love right? We talk about Mm -hmm. self-love. It's a hot topic right now. And you see it in go get a facial, go get this. You don't have to do anything. To love yourself is to understand yourself. To, To understand, hey, you know what? Bad week. Hey, um, I, I, it's okay. I made that mistake. Um, whatever that is, but to have some self-love, and to give yourself that break, to fill your love tank, whether mm-hmm. you're a military spouse, if you are not a military spouse, fill your love tank and don't always have the expectation that that, uh, that spouse is going to fill it for you. It's the best thing I think 
I ever could learn along my journeys and my transitions were just the second I started to fill it with finding those, that community. I, like you, need a sense of community around me to not feel alone. Um, Learn yourself, you know, and just take the time in the crazy, hectic world that we all live in. And I know that for so many people, that is the hardest thing is to find that time. But take that time. If it means waking up an hour earlier, 30 minutes earlier, to find that, to find yourself, to, to not lose yourself amongst life and being a spouse and being a mom and just come full circle to keep who you are. I call it my Ashley darling. Like I have to keep that. That is my maiden name. And we give a piece of ourselves with marriage and motherhood and all of that. And so it's my Ashley darling time. Like this is when I have to remember me. And when I love myself, my daughter will see and grow into a woman who loves herself, no matter her body, her hair, her makeup, any of her flaws will grow to love herself. My sons will learn to love a a strong, very strong-minded woman too, you know? And so if I could give anyone anything through every transition in life, love yourself through it. Um, Everything happens for a reason. We are truly never put through anything that we cannot handle. Um, And we might not understand it. We don't have to have the understanding of why did this happen, but what can I learn a year from now because of it or who will I be? This is on our journey and just love yourself through that journey. And I promise you will become that person like you and I eight years now looking back, like, Oh my goodness, what I have learned, (laughs) who I have become. I am a totally different person and you almost unrecognizable. I could not even imagine going to a high school reunion at this point. Cause I went to one. Oh girl. Yeah. People will recognize you, but they won't know you. Yeah. They will not know you anymore because of your knowledge and experiences that you've encountered. And so, yeah, love, just love yourself. And I promise everything will, will work out, embrace the emotions and embrace the transition. That is an awesome note to end on. Like, I love that you brought that up because I think self-love is something that we all have to find and discover ourselves along the way. So Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the thank podcast today. Thank you for today. having me. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.